This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Nico. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. Episode 172 of Switchcraft is brought to you by OP Seat. Head over to runjumpstomp.com slash OP Seat to directly support the show and get a fantastic gaming chair that can directly support you. I'm sitting in one right now, and it's extremely comfortable. I'm a big fan of OP seat chairs. They got good lumbar support. Uh, they're, they're just really good chairs. So make sure that you check out runjumpstomp.com slash OP seat. Switchcraft is recorded live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp and you will be greeted by awesome people. People like Kodiak Moonwolf, Vaxer, Awate86, Colonel Katifa, A.R. Slea, Harvey P27, Hopple, germs for you Link31254, Lumberjoke2, T.F. Wagner, Zalaria. You guys are awesome. Thank you for hanging out with me while I record record the show and there's lots of ways that you can get a hold of me if you don't want to come to the live show that's fine other ways that you can communicate with me are email you can email me runjumpstomp at gmail.com you can call and leave a voicemail at 260-RUN-JUMP that's 260-786-5867 you can get a hold of me on twitter at runjumpstomp and um, you can join our discord by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com slash discord and we have conversations in there all the time this morning I was at uh, Taekwondo belt testing with my son and my phone was going, it was just going off like crazy. I didn't even get a chance to see all of the conversation that I was missing. Uh, but uh, make sure that you join that discord because a lot of fun stuff happens over there. So I feel like I've seen this game before and this game, I think it might be a game that was on Steam in the past and that's Super Chariot. And I've seen it before and it looked very interesting to me. Um, you basically... You have this chariot, it's two wheels, it's a 2D game, and it looks like a 2D platforming game, and you have to get this chariot uh, with these two wheels, or maybe it's four wheels and we can only see it from the side because it's two-dimensional, who knows. Uh, you have to get it from point A to point B, and uh, you can jump and, and stuff like that, but then you have a button that you can kind of like throw out a lasso or a rope or something, and it latches onto the chariot, and then you have to, you know... Um, you know, lift it up by pulling on the rope or, or slow it down by pulling on the rope. And it looks like a fun little physics puzzler. Um, I was watching this and all I could think of when I was watching the, the footage, and if you want to see the footage yourself, make sure that you uh, go to the show notes and click on that first link uh, called Super Chariot Switch. And <clears throat> this seems like the kind of game that would give me Nintendo thumb. And for those of you who are not from the 80s, uh, when we had our original Nintendo Entertainment System, it had these rectangular controllers with sharp edges. And there were some games that you would play, particularly racing games, where you would feel like you really had to push hard on the buttons. And maybe it's just me, and me and my brothers anyway. Um, but you, you felt like, all right, if I push the, the button just a little bit harder, I'll go faster. And I know that that's not true, but there was something about 
that controller that made me think that way. And actually, a lot of that happens to me a lot on racing games that use buttons instead of triggers for uh, velocity control. Now, when I was watching Super Chariot, what it felt like because you kind of throw a lasso around the chariot and then you kind of give it a tug, you're pulling it towards you, and the character kind of leans forward, uh, trying to uh, pull it behind them. And it almost feels like the kind of thing where I'm going to be just pushing down on the D-pad buttons really, really hard in order to get the the person to pull just a little bit harder, even though that doesn't actually work. Uh, but it, overall, I think Super Chariot looks like a fun game. And if you want to see the first vid- video, I'm sorry, the first footage of it, uh, there's a YouTube video linked in the show notes. All right, I've got a trio of Sega stories. I know it's a Nintendo show, but uh, these are related to Nintendo. Well, two out of three of them are related to Nintendo. Uh, And the first one is uh, not related to Nintendo. And I'm going to I'm actually skipping around a little bit. Uh, But Sega has announced that they are bringing out a Mega Drive Mini, kind of like we have the NES Mini, we have the Super NES Mini. Uh, well, Sega has decided they want in on this sweet mini console business, and they're going to be bringing out their very own uh, Sega um, Mega Drive Mini. And if you are from the States, the Mega Drive is what they called it in Europe as well as Japan. Uh, but when they brought it over to the United States, there was some company that had Mega Drive as as like the name of their company. So uh, Sega couldn't use that. And so they ended up changing it to Sega Genesis. Now, it, they don't they didn't say what games will be coming to the Mega Drive Mini. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping uh, I'm sure that we'll get a uh, Sonic game. Uh, I'm sure that we'll see uh, the, the first party Sega titles. I'm sure that we'll see a lot of that stuff. Um, and honestly, I don't know if this is first party um, Sega titles or not. I'm just thinking of games that I played on my uh, Genesis or on my Sega Nomad. It's funny, you know, I'm a Nintendo guy, but when I was in the army, um, when I f- was first in the army, like right after basic training, I went to uh, Charlie School, which was where I learned how to do my job, which was uh, cryptography, basically. Um, And when I was there, we did not have like we couldn't have a TV. So I ended up I mean, I was in the army. I had a bunch of extra money because I was living in the barracks and I didn't have any bills. And so I went to the store and bought myself a Sega Nomad, which was a portable. And if you're not watching the video, I'm doing portable in air quotes. It was a portable Sega Genesis. I really wish I still had that thing uh, because it was really cool except for the fact that that thing chewed up batteries like it was its job, like it was nobody's business. That thing destroyed batteries. And the games that I played probably the most on my Sega Nomad was Landstalker. I would really like to see Landstalker be included on the uh, Mega Drive Mini. Um, 
Shining Force 1 and 2. I loved the Shining Force games. I like the Shining Force games more than I like the Fire Emblem games. Uh, I think that they're uh, much more fun games and uh, a little more lighthearted, too. Uh, the Fire Emblem games are really kind of dark and morose. Well, not super morose, but they're just not as lighthearted as the Shining Force games. Uh, and, of course, I think it was Madden 95. I'm not sure which one it was, but I think it was Madden 95 uh, was the other game that I played a lot of on my Sega Nomad. Now, this was in my barracks room plugged into the wall because... Uh, yeah, you no nobody could afford to keep that thing in batteries. I mean, Bill Gates would have had trouble uh, making sure he had enough batteries to run the Sega Nomad. But those are the games that I probably played the most on my Sega Genesis and on my Sega Nomad. And those are the kind of games that I would really like to see on a um, on a, the Mega Drive Mini. Now, speaking of retro uh, Sega stuff. Now we're going to bring it back to how is this related to Nintendo? And these are two very, very closely related stories. Um, Sega also announced that they are bringing this game called, or, or I guess multi-pack, called Sega Ages to uh, the Nintendo Switch. And it's going to contain, here I'll just read the, the actual thing. It says Sega Ages which is a, I guess it's a compilation branding that they've used previously. I'd never heard of it before, so I'm not sure. Um, it's going to bring over 15 classic Sega titles to the Nintendo eShop with all-time classics Thunder Force 4, which I've never played. I tried to load it up on emulator this morning to see what kind of game that was, and it wouldn't load, unfortunately. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog, of course, that's going to be on there. Uh, and Fantasy Star. Those are three games that are currently announced. They said that more games are to be unveiled in future reveals. For me, I'm hoping it's the games that I already talked about. Like Landstalker was this really cool uh, top-down action RPG. Almost like a. it felt like it was three-dimensional, although it wasn't three-dimensional. And uh, there was like jumping and, you know, fighting with a sword, but... It, it almost felt like it was trying to be like Zelda, but also very different from Zelda. And I, I had a lot of fun playing Landstalker. Uh, and of course, the Shining Force games that I mentioned before, uh, those are all, I'm curious, what games do you want to come to either Sega Ages or to the Mega Drive Mini? Uh, I'd really love to hear from you guys what you think about those Um Sorry, I got distracted by chat real quick. Uh, so thirdly, we've got one more Sega story, and that is that Shenmue 1 and 2 Remaster has now been announced. And if you don't know what that is, back in the Dreamcast game days, um, Shenmue was this really weird game where it was almost like you were trying to be in real life in Japan. It felt like a real life simulator, and I bought it. Uh, for my Dreamcast, and I remember I invited my mom into my room. I said, "Mom, you got to check out this game." And my mom would always like humor me. She didn't, she doesn't care about video games at all, but she would always humor me and come look at what game I was, uh, you know, in love with at the time. And she came in and she saw me playing Shenmue, and uh, she was kind of transfixed because because at that time. We'd never seen a game that had looked so realistic. I mean, you look back at it now and it looks terrible. It looks dated. But um, 
it, it was it was pretty amazing the technology that or, what we had seen like we were just, it was jaw dropping to see Shenmue in action. I never got very far in Shenmue. It, it was not a game that held my attention very much past the uh, ridiculously good visuals back in the day because uh, I've always been really more of a gameplay person and I felt like Shenmue was kind of a slow game. Not that that's a bad thing uh, because obviously a lot of people love the Shenmue games and I never even tried out the second one. And the reason I'm bringing this up is they did not mention that if they were bringing it to Nintendo Switch or not. So right now, I'm pretty doubtful that we'll get this uh, remaster on uh, Nintendo Switch. However, uh, it is possible that maybe Sega and Nintendo have kind of worked something out to where Nintendo can announce it at an uh, at a direct or something like that. Um, or maybe it's going to be on stage at E3. I'm not sure what Sega and Nintendo have planned or if maybe Sega just decided uh, they're not going to be doing it on um, on the Switch. And for me, I think that that's too bad because I think a lot of people would prefer to take a game like Shenmue portably. They want to take it with them so that they can continue to play it uh, when they're out and about. And uh, I think that there's no technical reason why Shenmue wouldn't be able to to run on the switch. So, you know, if you are really hoping for it, you know, cross your fingers and knock on wood and maybe, maybe we'll bring it to the switch at some point. So when you look at this next patent, it's the kind of thing where when you see it, you'll say, Oh, only Nintendo would, would file a patent for something like this. Um, so on April 12th, Nintendo uh, filed a patent for uh, a game system with a plural ah, with a plurality of information processing apparatuses. Wouldn't that be apparati um, that are capable of communicating with each other? These processing apparati are located inside standalone screens, and by touching two or more of them together, information can be relayed between them in order to produce a new game experience. Examples in the patent uh, application show that a finger is being dragged from one screen to the other without the system losing track of it, as well as a ball that is bouncing between all the two screens, uh, and the screens don't have to make physical contact with each other. Um, the one where they're using a ball, uh, they show that there's a, a gap between the, the screens. And they also have put in this patent the ability to bank a ball off of the air so that it approaches the second screen from a different angle. Uh, it then says it appears that one screen can even be angled upward in order to provide momentum for an object as it approaches the second screen, such as a bowling ball about to hit a set of pins. Uh, connections are not limited to just two screens with one image actually showing three screens connected to this three dimensional image. So, okay, this is really weird. And I know that some people will say, oh, this is this is uh, going to be Nintendo's next thing. Not necessarily. This is something that could be done in software if Nintendo has the right hardware in the Switch already. And maybe it's got something in the Switch already that it will know how 
how how to connect these things together. So this might be something that is going to be used for Nintendo Labo in the future. Uh, it could be, which by the way, is coming out in like six days. Uh, it could be something that uh, could be used with the Switch or it could be the quote unquote successor to the 3DS. Uh, and maybe maybe it's none of these things. It's, it is perfectly reasonable for Nintendo to make uh, to patent things that they have ideas for that they never actually use. Uh, for instance, Nintendo has, uh, I think that they even patented uh, something to do with uh, using uh, VR, um, even though I wouldn't say that the Switch would be a good device for VR because it's too heavy. Um, it would be uncomfortable on your face, and uh, that doesn't stop them from patenting it, something that you have an idea for. like Companies like Apple... They will hire lawyers to basically go around and talk to all of the developers and designers that work at Apple and say, what ideas did you have today? And they write them down. They go patent it. That way, if somebody else comes up with it, they can be like, well, we already had that idea. So that's ours. Um, I don't know if that's really the best solution that we have in the world. And, you know, U.S. patent law definitely has issues uh, with it. But as far as this patent I wouldn't get super excited thinking that this is something that we're going to see anytime soon. It, it might be something that we never see, and it might be something that we see uh, in a couple years, or it might be something that comes out at E3 where they're like, check out this cool game that comes out for your Switch that can play with other Switches nearby. Uh, although this idea of like using motion controls on my screen you know, with my Switch, I can feel already uh the dread of watching kids play this game together and the switch just flying out of somebody's hands and going flying across the room <laughs> so I, I don't know i think that's a very interesting patent but you know don't 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 bet all your eggs on the cheese i guess that's not a phrase, but it is now. That wasn't so bad. Real quick, there's a video that I want you guys to check out or that at least I want you to know about in case you are interested. There's a game com coming to the N Nintendo Switch called Pirates All Aboard. Uh, and I did a, I don't know, like 10 minutes first look at the game. And basically what the game is like is you are you are piloting that's not the right word whatever the word is for driving a pirate vessel and you have like cannonballs that you can shoot out a left or right side of your ship and you know if you drive faster then it takes longer to turn if you drive slower then it take turns quicker and um, you're basically just you know zooming around in the ocean uh, blowing up other pirate ships and I felt like it was a really shallow game. I didn't enjoy it very much, and I just wanted to let you guys know that there's a video about it. So if if you are seeing it on the eShop and you are curious as to uh, what others think of it, what do I think of Pirates All Aboard? Personally, I would say it looks like a game that would be fun for kids. Um, there's not a lot of depth there to the gameplay. Um, but it's not something that I would probably ever pick up again. Uh, luckily, it was given to me as a review copy, but if you want to check out 
my first look for Pirates All Aboard on the Nintendo Switch, head over to youtube.com slash run jump stomp. Well, excuse me, princess. All right, so I asked this on Twitter yesterday, and I got a few replies, but the question was, what genre do you think is the least represented on the Nintendo Switch these days? And I got a few uh, a few answers. Uh, Craig replied with a point-and-click adventure. He feels like there's not very many of those, although I am playing a game that's not a point-and-click adventure uh, and I can't really talk about the game at all, uh, but it it feels like the kind of game that is a point-and-click adventure without the pointing and the clicking, if that makes any sense at all. Uh, and that is a game called The Way, I think. And I can't say anything else about it because I'm under NDA until I think the 17th or maybe the 20th. Um, it's still some time before I can talk about it. Uh, but, um, oh gosh, what a thimble, thimbleweed, thimble, trimble park, thimbleweed park. I, I can't think of the name of it. That's a point and click adventure on the Nintendo Switch. But those are the only two that I can think of. And I would agree. Honestly, I feel like point and click adventures are pretty underrepresented genres gaming wide. Like you don't see those hardly at all outside of like The Walking Dead or The Back to the Future, which are all Telltale games. And, you know, I know that Telltale has said that the Switch is perfect for them. But why haven't we seen very many games from them? Why haven't we seen the new Batman game from Telltale on the Switch? Why haven't we seen The Walking Dead on the Switch? Uh, these are games that are perfect for the Switch. And come on, Telltale, make it happen. Give Craig something to buy. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Super Nintendad said there are at least two that I'd know of. I'd say Battle Royale games. Uh, so he thinks that Battle Royale games are underrepresented on the Switch. Well, that's going to be corrected soon um, with Crazy Justice. That game looks like a fun Battle Royale game, uh, although that looks like the only one. We don't know if Fortnite is coming. We don't know if PUBG is coming. I really doubt PUBG is coming, although both of them are now on mobile. And, um, you know, if they're not bringing it to the Switch, then why are they just leaving Leaving money on the table, people. And then Benji Kong uh, says, arguably, first-person shooters are uh, lacking on the Switch, especially considering how ubiquitous they are on other platforms. And I will say, well, we've got um, we've got Doom as a first-person shooter. I think that there's another one that came out, like, I want to say a week before Doom, and I can't remember the name of it. Uh, and then we've got the new Wolfenstein, which is coming out soon-ish. I don't remember the date for that. And um, But other than that, yeah, I don't see a whole lot of first-person shooters on the Switch, and that is definitely uh, something that feels underrepresented. So, all right, we've got point-and-click adventure, we've got battle royale, we've got first-person shooters. What other genres of games do you feel is underrepresented on the Nintendo Switch? I want you to let me know by emailing me uh, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can call and leave a voicemail, 260-RUN-JUMP. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at runjumpstomp, or you can just jump into the Discord and start that conversation right there. What genres do you feel like the Switch is missing out on? Uh, Vaxer is trolling me. He says VR games. I suppose you're correct there. Um, 
Vaxer also says PUBG is on mobile, so I guess it'll soon be on the Switch and your fridge. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so uh, that's what I want to know. Uh, Link31254 says Sim games like a Sim City or something would be really sweet. I agree. Or, oh man, what? it's not Sim City, but it's a game like Sim City. It's on Steam. Uh, Cityscape Skylines, I think, is the name. I'm not sure. Uh, if that's the name of the game or not. But yeah, a, a, a city builder uh, kind of game would be perfect on the Switch because you can bring it with you. And the thing about city building games for me is I usually use, uh, not use, lose interest in them, not because they're not fun, but because they're not always, like I'm not thinking about them when I'm not playing. And so being able to take it with me and say, all right, well, I can, I can, I got five minutes. I can sit down and, and do this no matter where I am. And I can, you know, upgrade the police headquarters in my city in order to get a bigger radius or, uh, you know, put in a new, um, power source or make sure that my water grid is set up right. That's the kind of stuff that would be fantastic, uh, on the switch. Um, uh, so that's another genre that is underrepresented. Anyway, uh, anything, that you can think of, please let me know what genres are underrepresented on the Switch. And both Magister and Link31254 are correcting me. It's not Cityscapes Skylines, it's just Cities Skyline. Uh, thank you guys for uh, correcting me. I love it when I get things wrong and chat points it out to me right away because uh, then I will get less emails. I, I, it's not that I don't want emails, it's that... Um, you know, usually I don't have any way to respond except for thanks when somebody's like, hey, you got this one thing wrong because I feel like, well, should I read that on the show? I don't really think that people care if if I say that on the show. Um, I don't know. I've kind of gotten off on a tangent. Shut up, Bill. I'm a number one. All right. Before I go. We're going to wrap up the, the show here in just a second. Uh, but Kodiak Moonwolf just posted something in the Discord, and I thought, you know what? That's a good question, and I'm curious as to what the answer is. Um, well, first off, I am going to be setting out, sending out a survey soon, and this question will be included on the survey. Uh, and I really hope that you guys will answer the survey. I'll have it probably done by next Saturday. Like, I just want to make sure I get the right questions in there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about the demographics of the people who listen to the show and it will be an anonymous, uh, survey. So, you know, be completely, uh, honest with your answers. But Kodiak Moonwolf just asked a question in the discord. He said, okay, here's a question I've just thought of while listening to run jump stomp on the podcast. Are there any games that you've picked up and played because you've seen RJS, that's me, play it on stream or talk about it on the podcast? Uh, Kodiak Moonwolf says, my answer would be Axiom Verge. I wouldn't have picked that up if I hadn't seen RJS play it, although I did. I played that on, the, uh, on PC on Steam instead of on my Switch because it wasn't out on the Switch. Well, it was the Switch didn't exist when I played it. Um, Harvey P says Skies of Fury and SteamWorld Dig 2. Vaxer says Zelda and Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, so I'm curious if there are games out there that you guys have played that you wouldn't have played if you weren't listening to the podcast or if you uh, weren't watching the Twitch stream. And by the way, again, uh, Twitch stream 
is twitch.tv slash run jump stomp uh just go there hit follow and then you'll be notified when i go live magister com uh says yes rocket league so he he would not have played rocket league had he not seen me play that so i'm i'm curious if you guys could let me know about that all right let's wrap up the show now um that's all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed or a topic that you would like discussed, please let me know uh, at one of the ways that I've already mentioned on the show. Uh, if you are looking for ways to support content like this, if you want to support my content, head over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. All of the links there will help me create more content. Here is one way to help me create more content. Once you get there to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you, all right, all you have to do, if you use Amazon to buy stuff, just scroll down and click on my Amazon link. Then I want you to, to delete your Amazon bookmark and bookmark my link instead. And then anything that you buy from Amazon, I will get a kickback for, anything. Doesn't have to be gaming related, uh, some people have messaged me that, hey, I want to buy this game or I want to support the show, but I, 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 I like buying games on the eShop. Uh, how can I do that? And that's very easy. You can just on Amazon buy yourself eShop gift cards uh, and you'll be spending exactly the same amount of money. But if you use my Amazon link, I get credit for that sale. So uh, totally selling out right now. Just saying that people have asked how can they support the show when they're doing eShop stuff. Uh, that's how you can do it. Uh, and again, that's runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. All right, I'm out of here. Make sure that you uh, check out Tom Winter and Noteblock because their music is awesome and you've heard it here on the show. And a big thanks to them for letting me play it. I will see you guys on Tuesday. Bye-bye. <laughs>